0: Edgewise. You're out Your sympathy will get
1: you left Not content with Collingwood's early gift, the Crows unleash their most impressive performance of the season to demolish Flag Fancy's West Coast. Join the team as we keep a lid on it all, talk about news and signings and discuss today's match versus the Jerry Catricks. Jerry Catricks. Get it? Oh dear. This is Crowcast.
2: Every joke in have it true, but you. I never knew you were such a funny guy. Oh, nice when you were
1: Okay, welcome folks to um, another edition of Crowcast, the um, the final one for the home and away season. Um, but doesn't it feel good to be able to say it won't be our last podcast because we'll be back for the final series this year. Um, so we have a little bit of a depleted and slightly ill uh, panel tonight. So uh, it won't be a long cast, but it'll be uh, full of quality as usual. So I have with me Nikki. How are you going, Nick?
0: So is this when I start singing good old Collingwood forever?
1: Please go ahead. (laughs) No. (laughs) And Waffle, who I'd prefer not to sing at all, how are you, mate?
2: I'm here, Phoenix, and I'm not going to sing at all. Not yet, anyway.
1: Uh, It's good work. Good work. All right, so we've got a fair bit to cover: a few signings, a bit of news, and all the rest of it, and obviously um, a great game to review and an exciting finale to, to look forward to. So, without further ado, uh, Nikki, we'll hand it over to you for Nikki's news. Hey, say
0: everybody's talking about is um, Fremantle and Ross Lyons plan to rest players, which has been okayed by the AFL. I don't really have that much of a problem with it um, because essentially the game they're playing is a a dead rubber in a way. You would think that GWS and Geelong might be a little bit miffed because there's implications regarding their draft position at the end of the year um, because they're on the same amount of points as Port, but I really don't see a problem with it because it is essentially a dead rubber and it can't affect anything that's going into the finals.
2: Well, there shouldn't be an issue. Uh, Colin Sylvia does have an issue with it though. (laughs)
0: Yeah, true.
1: I mean, they never talk about teams that miss the finals, you know, sending their players away for early surgeries and all the rest of it. I mean, this is just the same in reverse basically. So I, I don't have a problem with it at all.
0: And Carlton with Henderson.
1: Well, exactly right. I mean, you've got a list. I think the the integrity issue comes with the attitude of the players when they take the field. And you look back at the Melbourne tanking drama and the the inference? Oh, no, no, no.
0: They didn't tank. Remember?
1: No. Well, that's right. But the inference was that um, you know they tanked because they didn't put their best foot forward on the field. Well, if Frio come out with a reserves team and and the reserves team play um, to their to their ability, then I don't have a problem really.
0: And you think those players? aren't going to go out there and not try. I mean, they've got a chance to actually stake a claim and say, hey, we're actually up to this standard. Please consider us for the finals.
1: Yeah, exactly. What I would point out, because you're right, Nick, it does have a little bit of an impact on um, draft positioning and all the rest of it. I I think it reinforces the need for us to have a lottery for the first um, uh, round of picks or at least the first half a dozen picks. Um, it takes tanking away, it takes issues surrounding this sort of stuff away um, and uh, I, th- I think it, it's a lot fairer overall.
0: Yeah, like they do in the NFL, I I, I quite like that system. So uh, I agree with you on that point that, yeah, that it finishing on the bottom should not guarantee you the first-round draft pick. I mean, it's not going to help Brisbane and speaking of Brisbane, so apparently Lewenberger, Aish, uh, Redden, Um, has expressed interest in getting out. I think there's uh, maybe Martin, and, of course, they've told Adcock he's not playing on. What the hell's going on up at Brisbane? Basket case.
1: Well, it's interesting, isn't it, because there's a fair amount of – talk that Rockcliffe isn't the most liked captain going around and just recently um, Lipich threw support behind Rockcliffe and said people needed to take a little bit of concrete. Um, I'd imagine that there's a bit of a culture shift going on up there.
0: Yeah, I, I think there is. I mean, Zorco backed him up to say that the report from Damien Barrett was, was it Damien Barrett or John Rao? John Oh, one of the two. Does Doesn't matter? Well, they tend to, Yeah, they tend to get stuff wrong. Um, particularly if anybody watched AFL 360 tonight on Tuesday, you would have seen Brendan Goddard actually go off at Damian Barrett for getting, you know, information incorrect and he's, he's, and His uh, face up. was more red
2: than his hair, Nicky, wasn't it?
0: Just a little bit.
1: Goddard's going to be interesting if he ever goes in the media after footy.
0: Yeah, he does like saying coward a lot. He likes calling everybody cowards. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, as long as he walks the walk.
0: I do think the the other thing. I mean, Courtney Dempsey got given four weeks. That was, um, I think, pretty fair with what happened. Um, if you guys saw that tackle, which I watched it happen live, and it was um, quite shocking.
1: Um, yeah, pretty horrendous.
0: And the the umpire actually reported that he when he got over there immediately, Deledio. Was actually unconscious. Yeah, um, but he's passed the concussion test, so he will actually apparently play on Friday. But what happened on social media after that with somebody who behind a keyboard thinks that what they put on the internet actually isn't real, and you can't be sued for defamation, etc., or anything to do with that? I think is about to find out how wrong he actually is. They might have deleted. Their posts, etc., but um, they can be quite easily tracked because there are. I know Courtney Dempsey actually took a screen cap of it, and you can track people down that way. I do know there's a certain port supporter who takes great delight in saying some quite nasty things regarding crows players um, on Instagram and I think they might need to want to have a think about what they're putting out there because it's – I've seen some of those posts and they're pretty similar um, to what Dempsey cop – but, yeah, some people need to think before they post.
1: Well, that's a bit of an oxymoron right there, port, border and think.
0: Oh, look, we've we've got some as well I would say need to pull their head in too.
1: Uh, all clubs do. I mean, the guy yeah. that you're talking about, I think his handle is Mike Turner, isn't it? And there's one other. And I mean, some of the drivel they've been posting on Danger's Instagram and I think Sloane's Instagram. I mean, it's not even intelligent. It's just uh, you know, way to point yourself out as a bogan, really.
0: Yeah, I don't like bogan. But the thing, I don't think they actually realise that that's actually something that's published, and because it's published, you can be sued for defamation
1: yeah Um, absolutely
0: and a lot of people don't think about that um and even one of the things goddard said today and he said we're aware of social media and what comes with it normally you know you let it go or you try and ignore it they actually shouldn't have to ignore it because people shouldn't be like that they you know we should actually be respectful to other people it doesn't matter whether they're a celebrity playing football or just a person with a username and you don't like what they've said it's no excuse for personal attacks
1: no i i think they do need to be a bit resilient given they're you know they they've chosen a um a, a role in in a public um you know, positioned to a degree, but there's certainly limits. And I mean, people need to have a good, long, hard look at themselves. And if if you wouldn't say something to someone's face, then you're not very brave, you know, saying it to them anonymously over the internet, are you?
0: And and that's always been the rule that I've tried to live by. Um, if whenever I think and I look at something I've posted and gone, or I'm about to post and think, would I say that to their face? You know, and if I think mm, maybe not. Then I delete it and start again. I think that's the the best the best way to possibly um, get on by. But back to the <laughs> AFL. Uh, we have found out two Geelong players who will be finishing up their career on Saturday. Um, that's Matthew Stokes and James Kelly.
1: Is Kelly official or – because that was alluded to in the article, but uh, they didn't actually – there wasn't actually any quote from Kelly, I don't think.
0: I think it's fairly known and going to be released tomorrow. Um, But it could be that he doesn't want it, um, said before, because I'm trying to think there was one of the other Geelong players who, who told the team that it was his last game but didn't want anybody else to know. Because he didn't, they didn't want a fuss made.
1: Yeah, I, I'm actually uh, of the view that I, I don't think Kelly wants to finish up. To be honest, I don't. I don't think this is a voluntary redundancy. Um, I think he's been um, given the DCM.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think he he might have a little something still to offer, um, for another team. There's... Perhaps. Yeah, I, I mean to have an ex- experience. Experienced defender like him around, if you've got a young defence.
2: True, GWS could probably offer him something, but we—you have to realise that this game isn't about Geelong's retirees; it's about Dangerfield.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, you've got to put a big sign over the over the highway and and give out stickers with a little hashtag because that's totally going to get him to to sign on the dotted line. I don't oh, miss the great.
2: drive up that highway. <laughs>
1: I think even ninety percent of the Geelong board cringe at that. That's <laughs> terrible.
0: Oh, it's an embarrassment. And the way the advertiser responded was just as much of an, um, our, an advertiser' response was just as much an embarrassment. It's just like seriously.
1: Well, it's just News Corp crap, isn't it?
0: Yeah, they're just getting attention, and they've got the attention.
2: Have you seen the size of that Geelong advertiser, Nikki in Phoenix? Not very big. No, you basically could use it for your fish fish and chips.
0: And the other person who's also announced their retirement is Andrew Carrazzo. Um, So we wish him all the best for his future. But Interestingly, I think the other – the big news that kind of came out wasn't somebody retiring, but somebody who came back and played on Friday night in Daniel Menzel.
1: Wasn't that just awesome?
0: Oh, that was – it was – I mean, it was a joy to watch because I think all of us were barracking for Collingwood and we were quite pleased with how it was going. But you, for the way that he played, he really was the only one in Geelong who seemed to actually play football.
1: Yeah, I mean, he could have kicked 10. As long as Collingwood got up, I, I didn't care how much he kicked and how much fun he had because after the the run of luck that that poor bloke's had, to be able to come back, take a hang, kick four goals, I mean, that was absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah, and right? he talked tonight about that, Mark, and what he said was in 2011 when he was playing, he tried that a number of times and they never quite – came off and he didn't manage to take any and all his mates just paid the crap out of him. So for the fact that in his first game back um, in the AFL, he managed to actually nail one, but what he was most pleased about was the fact that he had to land on his knee.
1: And yeah. well, and the, and the elevation as well yeah. just to get up.
0: But I wonder though, because remember we saw when Tex came back that he had that really good first up game, but then afterwards... He struggled a little bit for a couple of weeks, so whether that might hit um, Menzel, but they have done quite well, and they've they've given him about four, I think four or five games in the VFL. Then he had a week off, and then they brought him into the AFL. So I think they've managed him quite well.
1: Yeah, and. I, like a lot of people are saying, right, you wrap him up now. Um, they don't consider the fact that it, it wasn't his first game back. It was his first AFL game back. And if he's fit now, you play him, I think.
0: So what do we go, What do we think of our chances of actually getting a home final?
1: Well, I think we'll roll Geelong. Um, the, the problem that we've got, um in the whole you know scenario is that north are better off losing um to richmond so that like there's no real incentive for for north there's far more incentive for uh, the Tigers. so i still think we're we're uh, heading to melbourne next week
0: Yep, road trip time. Interesting was they asked Jordan Lewis about what would he prefer, you know, about freshening up before finals. And and Hawthorne had been fairly good at kind of managing players and things like that. But his, he actually said as a player he would prefer to keep playing.
2: Yeah, yeah, keep the momentum going while you're winning. Yes.
1: I think, though, in Fremantle's case, uh, uh, I can see where they're coming from because, I mean, Geordie Lewis doesn't have to travel across the continent every second week. No. Uh, so I, I think it's good management by Frio and, um, you know, they did it last time and, and it stood him in good stead. They won that final down at um, Simmons or whatever yeah. it was called then. So, uh, you know, they've done it before. They'll probably tweak it a little bit, but it, I, I think it's good strategy.
2: So it's Port versus Pill Thunder C grade this week.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: But uh, the other thing, the downside to this is Peel Thunder is going to be absolutely decimated and they're about to play their first final in their history and they're losing half their players.
1: Well, that's their motto, isn't it? I mean, we avoided the Crows taking over a sturt or someone like that, and I think this particular scenario, you know, bears that to be probably a, a good outcome for the South Australian system.
0: And speaking of the SNFL, it was bloody cold down at Glenelg, I can tell you, but watching Pods kicks 11 was absolutely hilarious. Um,
1: 11-6 too. Oh,
0: and three he of those points were so kickable as well. (laughs) Ropeable with him for that. Um, I was actually sitting near the Crows boys. They were very much enjoying the performance. And I have to say one of the funniest things I've ever heard was in the second quarter, he starts running towards the bench and one of the boys behind me, I don't know who it was, but it was one of them just yells out, started booing and then was yelling, get him back on, get him back on, which I thought was quite funny.
1: For booing, was he? Was, that's pretty racist, I would have <laughs>
0: thought. <laughs> no, I think he was booing the coaches for dragging him yeah. or, or giving giving him a rest. Um, I have to say, though, that Wilson, a lot of people have talked about his speed but not his football now so you know, because he is quite weedy. But he probably had the best game I've seen him play. And if anybody's actually watched the highlights, the number of times that the kick to Pod's advantage from Harris and Wig, I reckon there's about three or four of them. Um, I ha- this year, the way the setup we've had with the SA NFL team has just, has been nothing sort of sensational. I think it's um, really benefited not just those guys who are in development stages, but we've seen with Atkins and Knights just how easily they've just managed to fit into the team straight away. And do, the, we keep, uh,
2: do we keep um Heath Uni on as coach next year or do we give Pods that role, try to keep him within the team?
0: No, I think Uni is because he's development as well as the the coaching thing. And what I've found quite interesting is I've seen a, a couple of our AFL games in that our SNFL coaches are sitting In with also our AFL coaches on game day. And at one stage, Uni was actually next to Camporelli, and he seemed to be acting as his senior assistant. Now uni would actually be one of those along with Camporelli who was very clear on what Phil Walsh's structure and game plan was because he had to implement it in the SANFL team. So and the other thing, so who do I see on the, we actually had a couple of our SNFL guys on the bench as well in the AFL side. So we're actually, they're not just our SNFL coaches. They're also doing game day stuff with our AFL team.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really good setup we've got going. It's, um, I'm pleased to see the club being so innovative about, um, how they're structuring everything up and, um, you know, uh, it, it again. It's that whole team philosophy where everyone's involved in every facet, rather than you know you just do you bit, and your bit, and you do your bit, and there's silos everywhere.
0: And the, the other thing I've actually noticed in the SNFL, um, that quite impressed me was like a couple of the guy, the AFL players who are always there watching the team, and one of those, interestingly enough, is Hardigan, and you always find him as soon as the the quarter time breaks come, he's straight down there and he's often chatting with the other defensive guys and you can see him talking to them and and maybe giving them some some pointers or some encouragement. And I just think that there's a real team environment that's been created because of this. Um, And the other interesting thing was Hugh Greenwood, who's um, apparently going to sign with us as a Category B rookie after walking out on his... NBL contract with the Wildcats was at the game with um, Source and he's quite he's a lot taller than what I expected very good yeah. size
2: you, that, that girly bun needs to go though
1: mate
0: <laughs> oh, I don't think you get rid of the girly bun
1: <laughs> I don't think people really understand how much of a coup that is because he oh. was an absolute jet before he chose basketball
0: yeah and the fact that Um, there was an article um, in the Tasmanian, I think Mercury, where he actually talked to them about his decision. And what he said was he started, when he started going to training, it was a chore and he wasn't enjoying it. And he just knew that was wrong, that he just completely lost his passion for the game. And he started to think about, well, you know, ways to either get around it or, you know, should he try something else? And one of the, people that he rang was Hamish Ogilvy because they'd had the link with Hamish working in the Tasmanian Junior Development. And I, that's just worked wonders for us.
1: Oh, look, uh, people don't realise for a Category, category B, um, if he's not on our playing list within two years, I'll be very, very surprised.
0: Yeah. And I thought it was quite interesting that we took him down to the SNFL Because, you know, as a category rookie, this is where he's going to be playing. This is what he's, you know, going to be witness. And um, he was there with his um, partner who's uh, American and she's absolutely stunning. Um, She actually competes in fitness modeling and is a former cheerleader. So it was kind of funny because I knew she'd done cheerleading at the University of New Mexico and, of course, there's our SNFL cheerleaders out there, and it's like, mm, not quite the standard that she's used to seeing.
1: No, you'd be like, what's this? <laughs> yeah. It's like primary school stuff.
0: Yeah, so it was it was really nice to see. Um, interesting that most of the boys left at three quarter time. But the one who stayed was Eddie. He's always <laughs> there to the death now. Um and yeah, he he was just there with um, with Anna and his kids, and you know, and when they won, Lewis is standing up on the seat and he's singing the song.
1: Uh, again, you know, it all points to being a far more club. Type, you know, environment rather yeah. than, you know, this is just out the rest of our list playing. This is you know now part of our club playing. No different to playing in the AMOs and coming early and watching the bees play before you go into the sheds and and get ready for your game. You know, which is re- really bloody good.
2: Yeah, and the club.
1: So 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 it was. Um, uh, lost my train of thought then. <laughs> Uh, we've got Hardo and Lynch uh, and possibly Tommo tomorrow. Are we still thinking danger by the end of the year or are we thinking danger after the season?
0: I think he's said at the end of the season and I think that's what he will stick to. Um, all all I can do is look at how we're performing. Um, just everything I see about him is so club and so team orientated. Um, watching him interact with Woosha, as well, you can just see that there's this real connection going on, um, I think, with the pair of them. Um, and we know we should, that...
1: we should be dangerous kind of guy, I reckon. Oh,
0: well and truly. And it's very interesting that we've finally found some little bit of tidbits about what he's doing. Cab Rowley um, let a little bit out. And now Jenkins um, also talked about uh, what he was doing. No, it was Walker, about how... That what he does is he goes up and he asks you questions, so he helps you find the answer yourself. Which is, I, I that is a very good coaching. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's a really great way to to coach.
1: It's a, it's a good way to manage people.
0: Yeah, that and and that they take ownership of it and they get to understand. You know, okay, I'm working through this. You're helping me, but I'm the one who's figuring it out. Oh, that's what it is, yep, yeah, that's that's what I was trying to do, kind of thing.
2: Gone are the days of Campo yelling down the phone at danger?
0: Oh no, I think he might still do that if he had to
1: i like the um the turnaround in in a week in the victorian media like last last week it was all oh, Johnny worseford you know a, a lock for the bombers but now I think they all concede that um unless there's any particular conflict he'll, he'll be with us next year in some capacity
0: I also wonder a little bit if that was um a a little bit of stage management from the club with Walker letting that little bit out and Campo letting that little bit out about what he's doing around the club and how much he's kind of enjoying it. And then he was on before the game um, being interviewed on the ground with Healy um, and, and Rue, I think it was on the ground, you know, and just talking a little bit about there. There was definitely, I think, a very subtle Management of the media by our club, and I'd have to say that the way I've been exceedingly impressed with what our club has done with that this year.
1: Oh, yeah, it's been nothing short of a 300, well, sorry, a 180 degree shift in media management philosophy, and it's interesting. Um, that, that's occurred with the removal of Mr. Trigg, given that Mr. Trigg was previously our media manager at some point, um, and clearly had a very different way of managing the media. But since Fagan's come on, um, our ability to manage information and, and really what you're doing is managing your intellectual property, um, has been first class. It really has.
0: And do you notice a a lot of our contract signings, we're releasing this little short video clip that here's the quotes. We've put it in the media release. This is all you're getting. You're not actually, um, not always do you get to interview that player. Um, We had Hardigan interviewed today as well as there was that, the little video clip that was released first, but he then was um, the player that was interviewed. But Lynch that hasn't happened. It's just It was late on a Tuesday. There was just a video that's gone out, and that's all they're getting.
2: Yeah. Give them nothing.
1: Hard- Hardo's interview was amusing, actually.
0: Oh, that was hell- – I love that when somebody asked what he would be doing, you know, if he wasn't playing AFL, and he goes, what time is it? Oh, it's Smoke Coat. <laughs> oh, I'll probably be eating a pie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Speaking of the media, I was watching all the media shows on Monday night. and um, Oh, yeah ended up having to watch Talking Footy last, just the way it all worked out. And do you guys, like, I don't know if it's just me, but my my impression is that off camera, Watson, Carey, and Darcy would all like to belt the living daylights out of Mark Stevens.
2: I think everyone, I was thinking that too, they, they just want him on his own and he's right for the picking.
0: Yeah, I can say I never watched that, and I don't really rate anything Mark Stevens says.
1: No, it was absolutely like it was almost combative between the regular. I, I don't watch Talking Footy much. It's my it's my least favourite of the three shows. Um, but Stevens gets on there and tries to be hutchy, and but he's so argumentative and and so arrogant in his presentation um, that he. He just he he puts a a distance between himself and the rest of the panel, and there were times last night, or yeah, last night, where I thought Duck was just going to reach over and snot him one, and you know we'd all have to cut to a <laughs> commercial break.
0: I have to say though that a lot of those journalists are making Caroline Wilson just look even better than she is.
1: Well, it's interesting you you mentioned earlier about. Um, uh, our club managing information. Kara's is the only one that's been given access this year. She got given access earlier in the year and she had that, um, um, conversation with Rory and that, and she came away from that impressed with the club and the, you know, where we were going and all the rest of it. And she was down here again, I think it was last week or the week before. Yeah. And as a consequence, she's written that feature article and she's quite effusive again on footy classified, um, last night. Um, Again, they've picked their media ally, um, and interestingly, it's not a News Corp ally, Um, and um, she's the only one that has inside access to the club on their invitation.
0: Yeah, well and truly, and it's also very interesting that she's one of the most prominent journalists in Melbourne, and we went, okay, where do we want to get our message out? We want to get our message out into Melbourne.
1: Well, and I think also it's about trust. I think, I mean, Carrie uh, will write fluff pieces and she does have a female perspective and all due respects Nikki, but sometimes that conflicts with the male perspective, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but I think genuinely when she is given information or provided access, she's very even handed in what she writes. Whereas I don't think that the club would view Stevens or Hutchins or anyone else um, in the same light. So it's, and and you know again, Fairfax are probably a more even-handed um, uh, newspaper than than um, News Corp.
0: And it also ties in with our sponsorship with Domain, which of course is the Fairfax real estate um, yeah, company. Yeah, I have not even
1: considered that.
0: Yeah, so I hadn't of that so I think that's kind of where there's that little bit of a link as well. It's like, okay, yep, you sponsor us for this, so we'll give you a little bit of something back, and and this is partly what it is. We do know that Caro has an awful lot of contacts in the in it in the AFL. a lot of her information comes direct from the AFL. And what I found interesting is that even though the contracts then have to go to the AFL to be marked off. People might find out about other clubs' contracts, but they're not finding out about ours.
1: No, it wouldn't appear so. Um, so, again, just another example of the way we're managing information. Uh, I've got so much more confidence in in our administration, now, and we are going to make mistakes um, on occasion, but um, we, we're carrying ourselves in a far more professional manner this year than in, in the past.
0: And then... There's our team and what they did on the weekend.
1: Yeah, so let's uh, – I gather that's all the news, Nick?
0: I think that's that's the main sort of talking points that have been up and around.
1: All we care about, yep. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, let's talk about the shellacking <laughs>
0: enough, uh, a friend who sits amongst us um, at the footy and listens to the podcast on their drive to and from work quite liked my use of the word shellacking and against Brisbane turned to me in the first quarter going, where's the shellacking? And I'm just you know, wait for it, wait for it. And the second quarter turned around and went, there's the shellacking. And then in the first quarter of the game on the weekend, I got tapped on the shoulder and went, I think this is a shellacking.
1: Absolutely, it was sparkling
0: <laughs> Oh, we're just sitting there just going Who is this team? They're awesome Can we keep them for the rest of the year?
2: I almost choked on my cherry rod.
1: <laughs> I don't even want to go there um, Yeah, I was crook on the couch and turn on the footy expecting, you know or Not really knowing what to expect, to be honest um, We well, all got our
0: tips wrong well, uh, in terms of the no, margin.
1: Well, we, all margin said, we all said
0: crows. Yeah. Um, yeah,
2: we all said crows. I think I said about three goals, didn't
0: I? Yeah, you're a bit wrong.
1: I think that me and Skipos might have also mentioned that uh, Collingwood were a good chance, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, I think you did.
1: Yeah, I just thought I'd slip that in.
0: <laughs> Nicely done.
1: But no, it was it was fantastic. And no doubt West Coast were a little flat. Um but nevertheless, uh, what we were talking about in our, in our preview last week really, really bore out. We, we did um, control the midfield. Um, we did out-muscle them and, and um, you know, just do them for personnel in our forward line. And our back line held their own um, with the midfield, you know, providing team defence. So we did exactly what we had to do.
0: And it was only... It was only when that midfield dropped off that little bit and West Coast picked it up that that's where they were getting that cleaner ball coming into the forward line.
1: Sorry, Waffle, are you going to say something?
2: Yeah, complete 360 compared to four weeks ago in the tragic circumstances, but you wouldn't think that that was the same team that had played West Coast prior.
1: Nah. No. No, it was, I mean, you know, clearly chalk and cheese. But, you know, and again, it highlights that they're using JJ more effectively now. He's obviously gaining more confidence, working closely, as he said, with Potsy Adley. And there's still a couple of times he could have probably jumped into the ball to take a couple of grabs. But overall, his positioning is much better. Um, He's a lot more confident, closer goal. I was listening to Rory Sloan on Triple M this afternoon saying that they've really simplified things for JJ now. So he's got less things to think about, um, which I think is perfect. um, And um, just complements the rest of that forward line so well and allows us to get out the back of those high presses.
0: And the, the two, those two marks that he took in that first quarter against completely undersized defenders. I mean, no matter how good Hearn is, he's not tall enough.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they didn't have one. They had McGovern and he had to go with tech, tech, so. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, arguable whether McGovern would have um, been able to stop most of those possessions from JJ anyway. Um, because, again, he was he was well out the back of their defensive zone and, um, you know, it would have been one out with McGovern out of position. So it was good.
0: Now, I know a lot of people are having trouble picking on the board their, their top five players for the game because there were so many that played well. Now, one who didn't get a lot of possessions as such, but I I was really mindful about watching his work rate, was Riley Knight, and, oh, my God, that kid can run and run at a fast pace, which is what I'd been told he could do, but you never quite saw it. But the, he's just got this instinctive knack to know where the football's going to be, and he might not got a possession stat, but he's often very good at providing either the little block, a little tap. He's just a clever footballer. <laughs> with a huge endurance.
2: That's what I noticed too. I said, watching the game, I said to my father, I said, and even he noticed, he's like, what is that guy? And he's just, you know, an energizer, but he just doesn't stop. He just keeps working.
0: And that's why I thought we were possibly managing him earlier in those couple of games when we subbed him off for the last quarter, because he does run at such a high, high speed.
1: Yeah, and again, he's, you know, last in the midfield rotation. So uh, as as he gains more confidence and more games under the belt, those little blocks and shepherds and taps and that are going to become clean possessions um, as he asserts himself more on games. Um, and he's going to be a weapon.
0: And the number of times you actually looked up when they were kicking into their forward line and going, hang on, oh, there's Riley Knight as well. What's their forward pocket doing in the back pocket? Yeah. And and then as we run the ball out, he's providing an option down that wing. They may not use him, but he's keeping those defenders honest. They can't double team because they've got to chase him.
2: Another thing, um another guy that doesn't get enough credit and played I thought played his role for a team and was sensational keeping Jack Darling scoreless was Kyle Hardigan.
0: He did some really clever body work and stuff and a couple of those marks as well. He just got his body in front and it was like, no, I'm marking this ball. I don't care who you are. Um, I'm going to do it. The interesting thing is we found out um, in his interview is that he was actually in the AIS squad with Jack Darling and they've been friends since then.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that either.
2: Jack would be saying, you owe me a beer, Kyle.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, because he he missed a shot on goal that he bloody should have.
1: Yeah. What I enjoyed was, and it's been evident for about a month now with Kyle, is he's not panicking with the ball anymore. There's a couple of times in tight where he had to um, sum up the situation really quickly and, and give a clean disposal, and he hasn't clanged the ball, I don't reckon, for a good month.
0: The the interesting thing that I found out after the game was I went to the shed afterwards, um, and they had – Brody Smith and Jake Lever um, being interviewed. And Jake is just as impressive in front of a bunch of Crows fans as he is in front of the media, if you've ever heard him speak. He was quite funny. But I did like, uh, it was pointed out to him regarding his kick across the field, which then resulted in Kennedy's only goal. And his response was, yeah, when I drove." Drug- Jog back to my um, position. I got the death stare from Tiles. And after the game, he kind of reminded me that sometimes, well, most of the time, I should be taking the conservative option because he's still really dirty on me.
1: Um, the guy that I thought was most underrated, and uh, if I was giving votes, he would have got one at least, was Sammy Jacobs. I thought he was awesome in the right.
0: Oh, he. His work in that first quarter was amazing. What I did find interesting, though, was um, a lot of the times when Nicknack came in, that's when we spoke and we put JJ up against him.
1: Um, yeah, I noticed that a few times as well.
0: Yeah, that, that was there was a really good plan going on. We were going to do that. And Jacobs was working so hard around the ground as well. Um, we know he can do that. A lot of people don't notice that work that he does do. Um, I mean, he just spends ridiculous amounts of time on the ground for the amount of running that he does, and no wonder they've given him the nickname within the club club of Tall Mid.
2: For anybody with the question source cupboard or fridge on the ground, thank you.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah, no, he played really well, and I didn't really notice Nick Nat around the ground, which is I thought I thought where he was potentially going to give us the most trouble. Um, but Sammy him was possibly his best game for the season, I reckon.
0: And I just really liked the, the way the team worked around that web, that they knew what they were going to play okay. So we're going to be smart. We're not going to, if we go, if we can break through and run it, we'll do it. But if we have to slow it down, and work our way through, we're going to do it and we're going to take the right options. Now, one of Danger's bad kicks, and he actually had some ridiculous disposal efficiency for a midfielder, was um, when he was kicking down towards Charlie. And because he's kicked it more towards the center of the ground, it's brought the Eagles player in instead of kicking out wide, which is obviously where Charlie wanted it, and as soon as it happened, he just turned around and gave the biggest spray to danger. And I love that, that our young guys in the team feel really comfortable in being able to say that to a senior player. If, if they think they've stuffed up and they're not um, doing it according to plan, they tell them.
1: Yeah, well, and that's what you want in team culture. There, there should be um, you know, no one that's above team rules or you know expectations, and I'm pretty confident that's how it is in, in our team as well.
0: And, and Danger actually did acknowledge that he put his hand up and just did a little, yeah.
1: I actually, Sorry, know, we, we took a lot more first options, particularly in the first quarter um, last week. Um, you're right, we, we did work meticulously when we needed to, but I thought our run and carry and our first gives um, instinctively were far more predominant last week that, than in the past, um, so clearly our view is to get through uh, the Eagles press, you have to move the ball quickly and catch them out of position and, and on the fat side, um, and we just continually expose them on, 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 the, on that side of the ground, it was fantastic.
2: So- Adam, Adam Simpson's uh, just in the first quarter, just, he's like,
1: what the hell is happening here?
0: Yeah, he didn't have any answers. He just kind of sat there and went, "Mm mm-hmm, okay, right, yeah.
1: Well, they were being outplayed. I mean, they needed to pressure us more and they didn't. They weren't getting enough of the ball um, and they weren't tackling hard enough. So, as I said, they did look a bit flat. um, But nevertheless, they, they weren't playing well. It wasn't about structure. It was just they weren't executing.
0: And I actually have to say, even though he's a whipping board, A whipping boy. He's a whipping boy on the board. I thought some of the courage that he showed and there was some really good stuff from VB on the weekend.
1: Yeah, best game for the season, I reckon. Easily.
0: And he plays his 200th game this week. So congratulations to VB. VB.
1: Well, and again, a lot of people on the board forget he's still in our leadership group, and as was acknowledged during the week, he is mentoring text quite quite strongly, yeah, um particularly you know through what's going on um, uh, it's well documented how well respected he is' in the club, you know people need to not be so reactive and histrionic, I think about v b
0: yeah i mean he's he doesn't have. Um, a Tomo or like a danger quality, a midfielder. But I still remember watching him in his first season, um, gone up to watch a game up in Brisbane. And he's dived towards the ball. There's two other Brisbane players. Now, as he's slid in sideways, he's broken his collarbone. And I watched it like – happening live and you think, hang on, has he hurt himself? And you can see him grab his arm, but then he's realized that the ball's there and the other players are about to grab it. So he's immediately grabbed it and handballed it out. And then he's grabbed his collarbone again, just looked at the bench and he's run off to the bench. So even in that first season, you just saw that there was a team first attitude from him that no matter if he's going to get hurt, it doesn't matter. He still has to do what's best for the team. And then looks after himself. And I think people have kind of forgotten that about him. They just want him to be a slightly better footballer. I don't think he's he doesn't have that, but he's still a decent one.
1: Well, again, I think it's he's being played in the right position now. I think he's a far better option off half back. Always was going to be. Yeah. Um, So he's got a role. Um, And I think that, you know, I think now, uh, again, Rory on Triple M was saying that over the last month or so, the game plan that they've been working on all year is suddenly starting to click for the group. Um, So I think we spoke about it in one of our early casts that was going to take a while for things to come naturally Um, structures and running patterns and all that sort of stuff. And from talking uh, from listening to Rory and watching the last few games, it appears that we've hit that point now where um players are doing things naturally um and therefore it's more fluent.
0: yeah, agree
1: good to see brody back too he he oh. um had a had a ripper
0: and if you ever want to laugh, um check out the interview with him post game where they're on the bikes um and the sledging that he throws at Tex and Henderson, and Tex kind of throws a little bit back at him, which was, it's quite amusing.
2: I'm a bit worried about our club song and Rory Atkins and him upsetting his teammates.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought Led was going to deck him.
2: He looked a bit fired up, didn't he?
0: You don't mess with the garden gnome.
1: No, yeah, not. no, he's an angry little bugger.
0: <laughs> he's a very quiet, angry little bugger, though.
1: He's very placid,
2: but don't upset him.
1: I'm sure there's going to be retribution on the footy trip.
0: (laughs) Well, apparently um, I'd heard that Milburn and a couple of the other coaches, um, their challenge every week is to actually try and get Rory Laird to speak because he's so quiet in the club. He just kind of sits there and doesn't say a word. And so they were trying to get him out of his shell. And so they were doing some, I think, he lets amuse, amuse, do the talking. I think they were doing some amusing little things to him just to try and get a reaction out of him, so. Yeah, they got one. Yeah. But Atkins is a pest. But a lovable pest. Yes, a lovable pest.
1: So mission accomplished and um, we're in the finals again for the first time for, for a couple of years. Um, and what a way to do it. I mean, I didn't subscribe to the... Uh, you know, if we if if we didn't win the last two games and we fell in, because my view is, well, we won enough games to be there, so yeah. we didn't fall in. We were there, um, but nevertheless, um, having momentum um, going into this final game at Simmons, um, which we'll get onto in a sec, um, is really pleasing. It sets us up for a, hopefully a quite a successful final series.
0: So it was a case of all played well.
1: Yes. Can't think of anyone who didn't.
0: No, I think everybody contributed and, and did what they had to do. And Henderson, I I think few people have said, oh, that was his worst game club. I actually thought he played really well.
1: Yeah, I didn't notice him much, but that's probably a good thing.
0: No, he was on the wing and running off um, doing some really good work from, from the wing.
2: He, he, <laughs> sorry, Wofga. <laughs> Sorry, Phoenix. I noticed his kick for gold. I thought, okay, it is Ricky Anderson.
0: He kicked it dead straight.
1: He gets us a lot of lot of um, field position with his run and carry and his long kicking, so he, he, we get value out of it. Let's move on to what could be an absolute joke down at Simmons Stadium this week.
0: Yeah, it is going to be interesting after that performance from Geelong. I mean, I wasn't impressed with them the week prior um, and I thought they hadn't been playing that well. And then just to watch them look so lacklustre up against Collingwood now. Collingwood were always going to step up a little bit after what had happened the previous week. But that was, yeah, I'm just sitting there watching going, that's a team that really doesn't care. Yeah,
2: they're no, not too worried, Nicky, because they're going to recruit half half of the AFL next year anyway. So I'm
0: still trying to figure out how they're going to manage to do that and give everybody um, draft picks or players.
1: Yeah, I, it it smacked of a team that is that had run out of steam basically, and God, who who could blame them after the run that they've had? And you know, the blokes can't keep going on forever. No. Um, but clearly, it's just a bridge too far this year, and it'll be interesting to see how they manage to the transition to a rebuild.
0: I, I think their their problem is, as it was highlighted after the game, the fact that those players in the 25 to 29-year age gap, they're the ones you need to step up and be the new leaders. They've only got five of them, really, and two of them may not be there.
2: If Wayne Carey had his way, on as he was saying on Friday night, if you're 30, over, 29, over, you're gone, which upset Mr. Ling a bit.
0: And
1: Tomo. But he's right, you know. I mean, Wayne is always very black and white in his comments, but his comment alludes to their age profile and and their list profile at the moment is all over the place. Um, They've got huge holes, not only positionally, but also just in their age profile. So they've got a bit of work to do. But, I mean, this always happens after you have an extended run. You hang on to your players as long as you can. Brisbane had the same issue. Um, and I think it just goes with the territory. Um, Hawthorne seem to be managing it okay, but they'll they'll have a dip when you know Hodge and Mitchell and that give it away and and a couple of their key defenders. so you know I don't think anyone can be critical of Geelong. They've been a fantastic team for a long period of time. Oh, um, very, very. Uh, but some of their supporters just need to remain in reality.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to be interested to see. What they, how they turn up to play this week, um, we do know that there's a one, maybe two, definitely um, retiring. There might be some others. So is that a way to farewell them? But I did kind of, I'm disappointed in the Geelong crowd with what they did with Enright's last game, where they just walked out and didn't hang around because they weren't happy with um, the team losing. I mean, when a champion of a club like that retires, you or for their last game, you hang around regardless of you know what's going on. So whether there will be a reaction like how we saw Collingwood play, I think there's a bit unknown for our team.
1: I don't think there'll be the same sort of reaction as as Collingwood because. Collingwood, I think, was stung to restore a little bit of pride after Pendle's comments, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, the week before. Whereas these these guys are bowing out; they've got nothing more to prove. Um, I think they'll give a good showing, um, but I don't think they'll have the energy against a young side full of run heading into a uh, you know a finals campaign. So I'd expect that um, you know we'll probably get over them in the second half.
0: And I I think. They don't quite have the back line to really match up on our forward line.
2: Too, we're too too quick, I think, and tall. Well,
0: we, well, we've got that perfect combination that's going on at the moment.
1: I, I don't know how they're going to deal with our versatility. To be honest, I mean, yeah. we've got you know we've got so many different options, and they're all different types of players. Um, We'd probably we've got a top five midfield um, and a, a solid defence, which is really all you need against Geelong because they haven't got a hell of a lot of firepower anymore. Um, so, again, you know, unless Selwood decides to grow an extra leg, um, he doesn't have a huge amount of support in there anymore. And I don't, I don't think they've got the defence to really carry us. Harry Taylor looks like he's already getting ready for Mad Monday. Um, and there's not a hell of a lot else down there. Maybe Mackie is in decent form, and that's about it, really.
2: Geelong's only playing a feeder club, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're very spiteful tonight. <laughs> you what are. Have you, been, have you been reading the Geelong bloody Dangerfield thread too much today?
2: No, I don't go on the Geelong board for that for that reason.
0: Yeah, probably uh, smart
1: move. I must say for our listeners too, we don't have a board talk tonight for whatever reason, but I did spend a fair amount of time trying to get uh, the Greek spice from Geelong onto our, <laughs> on, onto our um, podcast tonight, our I uh, thought you meant Uzo. <laughs> no, she with the uh, copy-paste Telstra disclaimer on her signature. Um, but, yeah, no dice. Didn't want to put her money where, the, where her mouth was, so... Um, N- Never mind.
0: Ah oh, well, their loss.
1: Well, you know, uh, the it would have been fun and good natured and all the rest of it. But I think you know, the people people who are quite strident in their in their views. I mean, she's no disrespect to Alex, Alex, but she's certainly their board's version of <laughs> Alex. Just in ter- just in terms of. Um, you know, the depth of posting.
0: <laughs> and flip-flopping back and forth.
2: In the words of Celine Dion, Phoenix, my heart will go on.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> so, but, uh, so what do you think, because what I really want to see um, from our team is a build-on from what we did last week. We, we, we do really want to see them just keep working that game plan and perfecting it. But also with like what we did where we counteract West Coast game. So we play our game but also counteract theirs.
1: I think it's important for the group to win at Simmons. Um the the knock at the moment on our form line is that we haven't beaten a team of any note away from home. And whilst Geelong are probably not on current form a team of any note, it's well documented how difficult it is to win down there. So, yeah, it is. Um, Rory on Triple M again alluded to or acknowledged how difficult a road trip it was. So, I think they would be aiming for a good showing and, and a and a win, just as another little feather in the cap um, and another little momentum builder, irrespective of the other results um, you know going into the finals.
0: Can you guys see any changes made to the team, or will we go in unchanged
2: unchanged unless we have to make a force change?
1: depends on how they set up I'm just I'm assuming that we're going to have Talia on Hawkins who doesn't look interested at the moment either Um, probably Jakey Lever will take Mitch Duncan I reckon Um, Hardo might be the one maybe just from a matchup perspective I don't know who else although Nathan Vardy if he plays is probably someone that Hardigan might match up on
0: and who's on Menzel?
2: Rory Laird
0: no, yeah, we, no, we prefer... – no Brown probably. Yeah. He's got quite a leap on him um, and uh, and he is kind of – like his brother, he's quite quick. So
1: – Sorry, who did I say earlier? I meant mental. Who did I say? Some other idiot. For uh, Lever – I reckon Lever will go on mental.
0: Yeah, he could do that with those go-go gadget arms.
1: Yeah, and he's got enough pace and good positioning, so – but, yeah, so Hardo might drop out just on matchups. They might bring Colcini in or, or uh, you know, another mid-sizer. But aside from that, unless someone needs resting for sore spots, you wouldn't see it.
2: I think we should rest at least half a dozen players because we're only going into finals and we've got, you know, a bit of momentum, so. <laughs>
0: uh, you're having fun tonight, aren't you? I'm
2: having a ball.
1: Yeah, you're very, yeah, you need to have a drink.
2: I need more than a drink. That's for bloody sure.
1: What else do you need, mate? He needs his coffee again. A rabies shot, probably. A rabies shot. A cherry ripe.
2: Yeah, cherry ripe. I need chocolate. You're right, Phoenix.
0: I had chocolate just before.
1: I I had a packet of Tim Tams today. I'd like to send a shout-out to Foodland, who currently are running specials on Tim Tams. It's a very dirty trick. (laughs)
0: It's <laughs> upsetting me now. I might have to go to Foodland now.
1: Two forty
2: nine. I'm gonna raid the uh, the cupboard when I get off here.
0: And they are one of um, the club sponsors still, aren't
1: they? I don't care, but yeah, why not? <laughs> so yeah, I, I reckon we get up uh, over the weekend. I, as I said, I think Geelong will make a good showing of it for the first half, um, but I just don't think they've got the legs or the. Um, or the capacity anymore to um, match us. Um, so I think the feeder club will get up probably by half a dozen goals in the end.
2: Yep, that's my margin too, half a dozen.
0: Yeah, I'm quite okay with that one.
2: Hmm. That was easy.
0: Yeah, we all agreed. Hang on, what's going on? We're agreeing. This is weird.
2: And uh, I actually uh, was pleasant there and agreed.
1: I'm sure if Dan Oz could phone in his um, his selection, he'd also agree. Uh,
0: and also we have to give a nice little shout-out to the return of Peter Jay, who came back just in time whilst Rory Atkins is playing very well.
1: Absolutely. He, he'd be stoked coming back, being on basically a blackout and seeing where, where we sit. Um, I, I had a brief conversation with him on PM trying to get him on, but he couldn't make it tonight. But he'll be with us next week. Awesome um, for our for our finals preview podcast. Um, so it'll be awesome to have him back.
2: The bottle of red is on its way already, Pete.
0: <laughs> yeah, he actually. Yeah, we need to get him drunk because that oh, was an awesome God, podcast. Yeah. That was so funny.
1: We do actually, <laughs> Pete. Pete, if you're listening, we're actually going to do the podcast live at my place with red wine next week. So just get up here.
0: Good, good plan.
1: It's actually not a bad idea. We should do that.
0: We'll <laughs> all get together with them. Oh, God, that actually could be scary.
1: <laughs> yeah, lots of editing. If you
2: have the lemon lime bitters and the rest of us on the red wine.
0: I do like my lemon lime bitters.
2: So does my wife. It's
0: very hard to find a place that actually makes them properly, though.
2: Yeah, she, she, tell, she tells her, yeah, bum, and what's this? That's not lemon lime bitters.
0: And also when you're trying to get a guy at Otto Langi in Spittlesfield in London teaching him the barman to actually make a lemon lime of bitters for the first time in his life, you actually need to specify lime cordial, otherwise they use lime juice.
2: Yeah, no, she said that. She goes, what, don't they know that lime cordial is different to lime juice?
0: It still didn't taste too bad, but it wasn't quite right.
2: No, it doesn't sound right. I'm not a fan.
1: Lime juice is more bitter, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is the thicker consistency. But the guy did—he did try it, and he went, "Well, oh, we might have to put this on the on the menu." So I might—I might I have brought lemon lime and bitters to the UK.
1: Well, that's wonderful.
0: <laughs> well, I've got to do something.
1: <laughs> well, according to Wood Duck, you got to find yourself a bloke.
0: <laughs> oh, that was funny.
2: They're just headaches.
1: I thought the thread was going to explode when he said that so oh no i'm I'm out now i'm I'm out, I'm sitting back with the popcorn
0: i I did quite like I did point out that my um that my mum and dad, who do read the board, would be most amused by that, and sure enough, I got a like on that post from my mother
2: <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for Jenny to come in and lay the smack down
0: literally. I know yeah. she, she she knows I can look after myself.
1: I I was baiting Jenny when I said the the initial comment about once I get married, Marty doesn't get any say at all. (laughs) That was specifically Jenny bait.
0: I think she's probably having too much fun over on the Asada board.
1: Yeah, she's got to get over that.
0: Oh, no, it's fun over there.
1: Yeah, but that's her own little addiction, which is kind of ironic.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: Anyway, so we're quite happy with the West Coast win. We're quite comfortable that we're going to get up against the Cats. Um, we don't have any board talk and there's no more news to talk about. Not really. So should we have a party or should we get off?
0: I I'm think having Don't you need to go to bed?
1: Yes. I, thank you, Mum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Incidentally, that was actually my nickname when I played football.
1: Oh, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I've you know seen that. that occasionally.
0: <laughs> it took him half the season and then one of the girls turned around and she goes, you're such our mum. And even though there was <laughs> girls on the team who were older than I am, yep, the nickname kind of stuck. I got to be mum for the rest of the season.
2: My lovely wife says, where would you be without me? And I said, I don't know, mum.
1: Wow. <laughs> <Dude>. Waffle, <laughs> you and I need to go out to the pub <laughs> and just have a chat about, you know, it's
0: I'm amazed just... he's still married.
1: <laughs> oh, is she? I'm
0: just <laughs> you, banging you, you my what, head
1: against the microphone here.
0: You obviously have a very, very, very patient or understanding wife.
1: Oh, she deserves
2: it. Oh, no, I am for her work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dear.
1: Right. Well, with <laughs> the special thanks to Waffle's wife and Nikki's imaginary friend and... <laughs> I don't what know do who you I'm think. thinking. <laughs> uh, I'm just well, trying to uh, think what I'm
0: gonna call my imaginary friend.
2: Milko.
1: Milko? Yeah.
0: Okay. Well,
1: please don't explain. Then,
0: uh... Yeah, I know. I don't think I want him to explain.
1: No, I do. What? No,
2: don't don't ask me to explain. It's my tormented childhood, Phoenix.
1: Oh god. Right, you know me. right, okay. We gotta stop now. <laughs> yep,
0: yep, no, that's enough.
1: Alrighty, well thanks guys for your time. Um, we still managed to get it over now, so that's pretty good. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, we'll uh, thanks again for your time and your input and we'll see you at the footy. See
0: you soon. Bring on the finals.
1: You've been listening to Crowcast, brought to you by Casmar Event Technologies for all your live production and studio recording needs. See you at the footy.